May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our reading is from Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This is God's word to God's people. Thanks be to God. So we're coming to the end of the sermon series we've had for the summer. Has this been something worthwhile for you? Have you uh, appreciated it? I hope so. I hope so. We've been uh, thinking about these different stages of faith and how we grow in our discipleship through these stages, how it's a, uh, it's a maturing thing that's going on for us. It's a progressive, it's a developmental thing, this faith in Christ that we have. It's not something where we just throw up our hands and we say, Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, and then go back to being whoever we were before we threw up our hands, but rather there's a, a dynamic um, developmental process that's afoot when you invite Jesus into your life, and we become different people over time because of how we more and more give ourselves over to God and Christ. We've had some fun with the, the imagery. We've been reminding ourselves that we've been talking about what the fully invested disciple of Christ looks like, someone who is doing works of piety and works of mercy. We talked about those at Lent, and we were uh, lifting those up as practices that we would engage in, ways by which we would get better. Kind of like what the cowboys are doing in Oxnard. There are certain drills that they're doing that they have been doing since they were an eight-year-old in Pop Warner, some of those players, and they're still doing those drills because they recognize that in the execution of those drills lives, lies the ability of them to do the play, the move, whatever it is, successfully. And so they're about the basics of their game so that they can be the all-star 
in their game. Well, that's what we were kind of looking at at Lent. There are some basics that we engage in, and we, just as that Pop Warner guy playing football doing a drill at eight, he's doing that a little differently than the 27-year-old grown man is doing that drill, a little different level of investment and expertise in that drill, but it's still the same drill, getting those feet to move, right? Getting the waist to bend, getting the drive off the line to happen. We pray, we worship, we engage in individual acts of kindness to one another. We engage in systemic collective acts of kindness for the whole of us together. These acts of mercy and acts of piety are ways by which we train ourselves to live into the love and knowledge of God and the love and caring of our neighbor. And it turns out that as we're doing this, as we're moving along in our life doing these things, we develop through stages of faith. We develop as that insert um, lifts up with the analogy of getting yourself wet. You get a little further and further into the experience of God, from testing the waters to fully invested at the end. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the stage six person. Maybe all of us are still uh, aspiring to get to that place where we can be that type of believer in God. Um, I know my aspiration is still there for me to fully become that trusting and invested in what God would have me do. But over these stages, what we've, what we've seen is that we've gone from the kind of person that goes, God, help me. Help me be all I want to be as a believer in you to the person that goes, God, help me. Help me be all you want me to be as a believer in you. The person at stage six is a fully committed follower. She didn't get there by accident. She got there by choice, by how she responded to the impetus, to the beckoning, to the impact that God had in her life. She chose to surrender everything to the journey with God, the journey that God unfolded in front of her. She spent adequate time in the shallows, in the shallows of the water, and chose to learn the truth about herself, what were her gifts and graces, what were the things that were really kind of uh, awkward and difficult for her to do or get her mind around. She spent time learning more and more about God. She chose to develop intimate and trusting relationships among congregants and to allow those relationships to work as God's tools in remodeling her life. She recognized that it was more than just a direct link to God, but it was God through others around her who had her back and who aspired for her to be her best self. She chose to face her fears of her sense of inadequacy, of her sense that God would never even use her. Oh, geez. She faced those and she overcome those because she trusted that God would have 
a good purpose for her. And she allowed God to transform her until she could see the world from a whole new perspective, God's perspective, as best she could, with the mind of Christ. Does the mind of Christ mean something to you? Do you, do you get a sense of what Scripture is talking about by having the mind of Christ? Somehow we think in Scripture that Jesus was looking at things a little differently than the average bear. And that our enterprise of faith is to climb into that mind, to take that mind within ourselves so that we see like Jesus saw, that we then are compelled and we then act like Jesus acted. That's the follower of Christ. At this stage, she would say that she must follow God's call in her life because she cannot not follow it. That God has become that present, that powerful, that influential, that she loves God that much and trusts God that much Women and men who dwell in the deep of stage six, way out there in the ocean with the dolphins and the sharks, abiding presence of the creator is within them and that makes all the difference in the world, in their lives because they have been touched in a dramatic way by God and Christ and the mission of God in this time and in this place comes alive for them. And no longer is it Jesus as an afterthought. You come to worship on Sunday morning and you, and you open up your wallet, oh, I got five bucks left, I'll give that to the church. It's not an extra thought, this dedication of your resources or of yourself to God. It's your first thought. It's not even an extra thought. Rather, it's your main thought. Jesus is the thought that is in your head when you're a stage six follower of Jesus. You are embodying as best you can as a human the spirit of Christ. So we've seen growth and transformation over these stages of discipleship. Yeah, from the, the dipping in of the toe, getting over the cynicism, seeing what it's really like to, to learn and be in the waves of the Spirit, trying to gather our resources and our knowledge so that we understand how God works, how we're called to work within the context of how God works. We've talked about increasing our love and knowledge of God. It's fundamental, isn't it? deepening our care and our understanding of others, strengthening our commitment to the Lord, broadening our dedication to the body of Christ, 
enriching our use of those spiritual disciplines and heightening our reliance on the Spirit. When Debbie and I went down to La Jolla and we entered into an eight-year stage of a commuting marriage, maybe some of you have lived through commuting marriages. It was new for us, and it was uh, a trial, a scary thing for us also, and it demanded that we trust that God was up to something in our life and would make a way. We couldn't really see the way ourselves. We saw a lot of things in the way of that way. But we decided that it would be an adventure worth taking to trust that God was up to something in our lives. So the first person I talked to in the conversation of going down there said, well, I see that you're having a trial separation from your wife. Staff parishes are really special groups of people. <laughs> I said, I don't think that's God's intention. Cast ourselves out on the Spirit of God. We cast ourselves intentionally out on the Spirit of God, trusting that God has a way. Seeking to do God's will, not necessarily our will. Desiring God's ways, which might not necessarily be our ways. And we have to distinguish that and we have to choose. Having given ourselves over fully to God, it seems that God lives through us, which is a fairly bold statement to make, but this is what we believe, that there is an indwelling spirit in us that connects to our soul, that ratchets up our ability to love through hate, to be merciful through injustice. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. So you ought to be able to say to yourself, if you're at stage six or at stage four, aspiring to stage six through stage five, you ought to be able to ask yourself, well, well, Walt, was that very Christ-like of you to do that? or to say that? As you look at yourself, Walt, what parts of you look like Jesus? I invite you to put your name in instead of mine and make me feel a little bit more comfortable. What parts of you remind you of Jesus? And if you see a whole lot of parts that don't, um, let's get to work, huh? A fully committed follower has surrendered both his personal life and his call to God 
He has made the choice to allow God's transforming power to mold him or her more and more and more into the likeness of Christ. It's like this poem, which I think is also a, a hymn. It's called Christ Besides Me. It's this, this kind of thing is the mantra of what I am talking about, although it's a lot of words. It gets the point across. Christ beside me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, King of my heart, Christ within me, Christ below me, Christ above me, never to part. Christ on my right hand, Christ on my left hand, Christ all around me, shield in the strife. Christ in my sleeping, Christ in my sitting, Christ in my rising, light of my life. Make those words true for you, always, everywhere in your life. Let God become your all and all, and you'll find yourself moving towards that high aspiration of what we're calling stage six, fully invested follower of Jesus. People enter ministry due to a love of God and, sound right, and a, a deep and an active sense of God's calling to love others, right, John? God has touched their lives and, and they wanna pass it on to others because it's like uh, they've been to the best steakhouse ever and would you not tell your best friend that that's where it is, go, eat, food is great. They've tasted the spirit. They've been impacted by the love of God. And shame and guilt has fallen away and new purpose and meaning has blossomed. And they know what it means to be loved. And they know that's really what ought to be happening everywhere. And so they decide to to go into ministry, to put away this or that interest and to let their life be taken by God and to be used by God. John, for example, really is not going into the ministry to help us get through a denominational crisis. As much as he loves going to meetings, he's not going into the ministry to have a calendar full of meetings. God knows John's not doing that. And lay folk, when you decide that God has a real claim on your life, you need not become ordained because you're claimed by God for God's purposes when you give yourself over. And in the context of being an IT person or a teacher or a social worker or a stewardess or whatever it is you are, you are given the opportunities to be people of transformative love if you decide that Jesus is gonna lead you through the things that life gives you. At the best churches, at the most effective churches, 
The goals of the laity and the goals of the clergy coalesce. And as we further work out and develop our relationship through uh, these two years moving from beloved Gary and Brian into whatever this future might be and moving through a denominational, shall we call it, upheaval that you knew very little about, wasn't shared much to you, to a time in which it's being shared with you so you are aware of what's happening beyond the local church scene. We will see, I guess, if we understand Christ and his intention for us similarly. Growing forward in the Wesleyan spirit of grace towards our better selves is what is before us this day and before us every day. And it's been Rachel and my intention to help you identify that as clearly as you can and to seize the Spirit's powerful movement in your life to become more and more who God would have you be, not to settle for something other than that in your own lives, in our life as a congregation, in our life as a denomination. We've used the words of letting love lead because we seem to think that's what Jesus was about and what we ought to aspire to be like. We want to do big things together and so we have decided that there's a good chance we're going to survive this year and go on for more years of ministry in Westlake Village as a congregation. So we put some money into a rug. We've decided that that's a good investment because we're going to have church here for a few more years, right? With ever anything else happening that gives us pause or confusion. We've kind of thought, and some of us have not been as happy about that, but we've kind of thought that maybe an improved sound system and media system might actually be of value to all of us, or at least those of us who are who have accumulated less years. <laughs> and we've kind of thought that they might actually find that a helpful tool to their encounter with Christ. And those of us who are grumpy about it are, are trying to figure out whether we can stretch ourselves enough so that we can aid Christ to reach a new generation with different tools than was used to reach us. That's what's before us in some future fundraising. We'll see what happens. We want to do some things together that make for the presence of Christ alive and dynamic in this place. And to do that, we recognize that we need to pay attention to some small, little things, like daily prayer, 
daily Bible study, weekly worship, random acts of kindness to people we don't know, coordinated active acts of kindness for people we don't know. We need to pay attention to some small little things to get our game good. And we need to pay attention to some big things too we've recognized through this. We need to pay attention to God and open ourselves up with the question of what do you want now? For us, for each one of us in our lives, for your movement of your son in our place. Opening ourselves up more and more that God could make us better and better. Allowing God, praying that God will use even us. Look at the person next to you. Can you imagine that? God would use even us for God's holy, redemptive, and transformative purposes. We're making and maturing and mobilizing disciples of Christ in this place for the benefit of God's kingdom. It is a marvelous time of grace and power that has come upon us God is calling us forward. Let us keep up with God and get wet. Amen.